Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Guys, welcome to uh, the second of our in-depth uh, position analysis. And this week it's uh, Wenon and also Perso. How are you going, mate? We're going to jump straight into looking at centre wings and fullbacks today. I'm pretty excited, but we've got a lot to cover. Yeah, good morning. First day off in bloody 23 days, so a bit excited to be doing some super couch work. And uh, centre wings is always a lot of uh, good pods. Uh, should be interesting. Definitely, and I guess it has changed uh, a little bit over the past couple of seasons with uh, centre wings now um, comprising of a lot more expensive players than, than previous years. Yeah, for sure. It's good for super catchers. There's so many options in um, centre wing. You, know, you could pick about 20 guys there if you had the space. So it should be an interesting podcast. Definitely. Okay, so what we're going to do today, and we do have a lot to get um, through, so we're not going to... Um, I guess mull over the uh, the recent trial news or anything like that. We're just going to jump jump straight into centre wing and fullback analysis. So what we'll do is we'll we'll split it between centre wing and fullback players. So although there's some dual position players there, we'll just focus on um, where the player is likely to line up uh, in our sides, and then the fullback ones are uh, either standalone fullbacks or those that are we would more likely pick in the fullback position. And then just a caveat as well is that any players that are uh, dual-positioned half or centre wing or half and fullback, we're not covering them in this podcast. We'll be uh, looking at them in the next week or two when we step through the halves. So without further ado, mate, let's jump straight into centre wing. And at the top of the list is Jordan Rapana. So he starts the season price at 631000 uh, had an average last year of seventy one and a uh, 2016 average of 65. I guess the big question is, can he repeat um, what he produced last year? It's a lot of money to fork out for a centre wing, isn't it? But um, I'm on him at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Rapana single-handedly ruined my season last year. I reversed him that many times. It was right before he went berserk. But um, not wanting to look into the Raiders' draw too much, and that looks pretty good. But uh, early season draws can be a bit misleading. But Rapana's Rapana. Um, he's right up there in the top three based stat players. Uh, he always seems to get the tries as well. Um, 71 pre-average origin. During origin, he sort of bucked the trend of most guns and he averaged 91 through that period last year. He did fall off a little bit coming home last year, but um, the, the wheels fell off the Raiders bus as well. So he only averaged 52 um, post-origin last year, which could be a little bit alarming, but at his price, it's a, it's a lot. He does have those little runs where he, you'll have two or three weeks in a row where he, he puts in like some sub 
40, sub 30. So that's the only thing that would stop you from picking him. But he's an absolute gun. I've got no reason to see why he won't average over 60 again this year. Yeah, so I guess a big part of how um, Rapana will go this year will be, uh, you know, how you see the the Raiders actually performing. They were quite good and last year, the year before. Do you see them getting back to that or will they struggle this year? Yeah, there's a lot of sides sort of sitting around the ladder where they were last year that have um, improved a lot on paper. Um, I'm not really sure if a Raiders going to improve at all, to be honest. I think they're in big danger of finishing bottom four. One or two key injuries there, I think they might struggle. How that affects Rapana, I'm not uh, totally sure because he's he, even last year when um, Burjay had a massive regression from the year before, Rapana still punched out the base stats and the base attacking stats. So. I think he'll still um, he'll still be a gun. I'm pretty confident he'll average over 60. Whether he averages over 70 again, probably not. But uh, that's the thing you've got to consider. It's a lot of money to fork out for a centre wing. Yeah, it is. And so he had uh, average base last year of 27, attack of 15, and then power of 31. So that kind of got into that average of 71 um, overall. Uh, so currently he's sitting at 10% ownership, so still hovering around that pod level. And... Um, you know, if you do start with him, you you, you know, it is a lot of risk, but um, we know the reward that does come with it. No, exactly right. The, the average 89.1 in the first seven rounds last year went absolutely berserk. Yep. Okay, so let's just keep moving along, mate. The next player who um, had a, definitely had a breakout year last year uh, in his first season uh, at the Eels is Clint Gutherson. So... Price of five hundred ninety six thousand, mate. Available in both centre wing, fullback. Do you think his value is gone? I mean, he went from a fifty average in two thousand sixteen to a 60, 67 average in two thousand seventeen. Um, uh, he took over the goal kicking, but you know, I think he's got he's got a bit of an injury at the moment. How do you see him placed? Uh, he was an absolute gun last year. Didn't really matter what position they played in either. Uh, it all depends how he's recovering from the injury. That's a massive negative. And with Jared Hayne going there as well, um, they're pretty stacked in the back line. So where he plays is a key. If he's playing in the centre wing, then you're probably not going to go anywhere near him. You're probably still not going to go near him coming off the ACL. It's a massive downer. But um, the fullback last year, he averaged 69.11. At 5.8, he averaged 66.75. He had one game at centre for a 58. So he just killed it wherever he went. Yes, and it seems like this year from the reports that he'll line up again at fullback with uh, Hayne in the centres and then Bevan French on the wing. Is that kind of what you're hearing as well or, or do you think that Gutherson could shift uh, into the centres? No, it looks like he'll be a fullback. That's, that's the sort of reports you're hearing, um, which would make sense because he was absolutely outstanding at fullback last year. Makes uh, this year with not many jewels either in the fullback position and plenty of guns at fullback. It makes it really interesting where you can try and squeeze these fullbacks into your sword. And obviously the goal kicking there, will he continue to do that this season? You would think so, although um, he, he did keep kicking while Moses was there, but then Moses has actually improved as a goal kicker, so it'll be interesting to see which way that goes. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a big part of his... Um, rise last year, but he also uh, did score quite a few tries as well. So he um, obviously had the breakout last year. In one of the you know the one of the commandments of super coaches not to, to pick a player after a, a, a career season. Does that concern you at all, or do you think that that's just the type of player that he is and he can produce that again? 
Yeah, it's a pretty good commandment with a lot of guys. We've got Gutter that's just a footballer. Um, he's a really good player. It doesn't really matter where you put him. He's just one of those guys. That he's, he's a really good footballer. So I'd sort of tend to stem away from that one with him. Yeah, okay. All right, let's uh, move on to the Dragons. So Tim Laffey last year had a, an unbelievable first half of the year, um, but really dropped away um, towards the end. So he starts the season at 575k, no longer dual positioned. Um, finished the year average at a 65, which is a significant increase from the 43 average in 2016. Um very good base stats there, Perso, of 30 um, points per game. So he doesn't have to do too much more. No, he had an outstanding season last year. It was his first um, decent one since 2015, 2014, the Dogs. He's um, been pretty ordinary for a while. I'm not exactly sure what happened last year that he broke out. Um, he sort of played injured there for a bit too. He was offloading at will almost at one stage, so... He might uh, fall into that category of a breakout season for me. I, I can't see him going quite as well as he did last year. He, the first 11 games last year, he averaged 73.8. Over the origin period, it was 54. And then on the run home, it was 58 again. So I think there might be a bit of a regression coming for Lafayette. Yeah, I do agree there. And But the next person that we're going to talk about now, now David Nofaluma, um, I don't believe there is such a regression with him. I mean, we're seeing averages of 60 and 64 across the past two years, which is a lot more consistent than that of Lafay. So, um, you know, he smashes out the base stats as well with 31 points per game and has power uh, an average of, uh, you know, 26 points per game. So he's been in a pretty ordinary Tigers side of late, but, you know, the lack of tries hasn't really hindered his scoring output. So, uh I'll let you take this one because you probably know a bit more about uh, Nofaluma than most other people. Yeah, I, I can't not start with him. <laughs> I love Nofa. Both as a Tiger supporter and a Supercoach uh, player, he's, uh, he's outstanding. He played pretty much most of last season injured as well and was still punching out the numbers he was. Uh, uh, pre-origin, he was a 69 average. Over-origin, 57. And on the run home, 59.5. Well, he was busted, so the full off-season and looking pretty fit. His, his base stats are outstanding. He had uh, His total base was 56 last year. It's like 31 raw base, 25 in offloads and, and tackle bust per game. He's just out eight times last season. He had over 55 base stats. So I guess he's starting to push up towards forwards with that sort of um, sort of output. He just gets that in you know, a rubbish Tiger side. Whether they improve a bit this year, they can't go any worse. So you'd have to think there'd be some more attacking snaps might be sneaking his way. Yeah, agree. I mean, he's only got 5.5% ownership at the moment, and that's unlikely to increase too much um, as we hit round one. So he's definitely an option that, that I'm looking at going at, and, and someone who I have never owned. But um, for all the reasons that you've just spoken to, I think that he could be a, um, a shrewd uh, selection. Uh, James Roberts. His, uh, his pot owner. Sorry, just one quick thing. I'll, I'll jump in there. When his pot ownership will stay because the Tigers draw is hideous. It is, mate. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting to note that um, his highest base output last year was 74 against Melbourne Storm in round four, and they played a Storm twice. So against good sides, he still punches out the base. That's a great stat, actually. And, and, that's and, weapon. and that was something that I did leave off the commentary just to say that you know the Tigers do have a very difficult start to the season, but. Um, I don't think they're really and, you've, and then you validated that by saying it doesn't really matter for Nofo he just gets stuck in and produces the base stats so 
Um, I wouldn't let that, uh, you know, put, put you off selecting him from your round one side. Uh, the next player on the list we've got is James Roberts. So he starts at 533k. Jimmy the Jets, mate, went from 51 average in 2016 to 60 uh, average in uh, 2017. So he was, uh, you know, pretty good last year, to be honest. And the Broncos should continue to be relatively strong with the, the games they do play at home. So you wouldn't expect too much of a, a, a you know, like a, a fall away from that 60 points per game average. No, if anything, I think it'll improve, to be honest. Um, Broncos are a pretty decent draw. Even though there's a lot of speculation around the Broncos' pack's not as strong this year, uh, they just seem to keep being able to produce guys that do the job. Uh, one big thing to note last year, over Origin, he only averaged 47.8 over those five games. He's averaged 66 leading into Origin and 60 after Origin, so there's um, plenty of opportunity there for him. His base picked up a lot last year too compared to the previous seasons. Yeah, so what he it was averaging uh, twenty nine base points per game last year, which is um, you know when we were speaking about Lafayette Novo having cracking base averages of around about thirty, then uh, you know James Roberts really does sneak under the radar there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so another player that has historically had good base stats, but last year was a bit of a drop away um, from what he's uh, you know produced previously. And I think you're a fan of this guy, mate, from listening to your past podcast, but. Um, Josh Dugan, so he's obviously made this, the uh, the switch to the Dragons this year. He starts at 522,000, uh, 60 average last year. Um, he had a 56 average the, the year before. Um, how do you think he's going to do go this year at a new club? Like, Is he someone that you're looking at at all or, or not really? No, not really because the bum just seems to get injured all the bloody time. <laughs> He's got a knack of falling on a bindi patch and missing a couple of weeks. It's um, and not so much even if he backs up the next week. He just does it mid game. <laughs> but he is a sneaky option. Um, at centre last year, he, in four games where he wasn't injured, one of the games he was injured, he averaged sixty six point two five. And going back a couple of years, last time he played centre, it was around about the same as well. Mm. Uh, but tell you at the, at the Sharks will be how the, the new look back line goes because they've had a few changes in the in the back line so but uh, but his base stats don't change he's always got good base stats whether he's at centre or fullback and he actually um, at fullback he's atrocious in attack I think he had in the last three years at fullback he's had like six uh, try assists in three years and last year he had three and five games at centre so it's an interesting stat yeah, it is. And I think um, across the past two years, he's played, played 17 games in each season. So, um, you know, he's, he is missing a fair amount of football too. So that kind of stacks up what you're saying about a durability um, perspective. And, and I think he also loses his dual position this year, available only in the centre. So he's a player that I will be uh, avoiding uh, for every, all the reasons that you said, mate. The next player is someone else who I'll be avoiding from round one, who I've said um, I think will be a bust, at least early on, is Greg Inglis. So he's obviously coming back from a, a serious knee operation uh, and, uh, you know, only played the one game last year. Starts at a bit of a discount. So he averaged 65 um, in, in the one game last year and starts at around about that, um, you know, that 60 points per game average um, of 220. But, you know, I think they've already announced that he's going to start the centres and we saw what happened with Josh Mansour last year coming back from an ACL it generally takes him half a year to get up and get going, so uh, I can't go n- near Inglis until the second half of the year. 
No, nah, I can't go anywhere near him either. I mean, there's reports around him. He's not even going to be ready for the first month, and that's a bloody long layoff from a uh, an ACL. Like it's, it'll be over 12 months. So mm-hmm. he's an absolute gun when he's fit, but um, you, you couldn't go near him. Take a very brave man to start with him. I agree. Um, Daniel Tupo, mates. I think we spoke about him last year as being someone we we're both keen on, and then I subsequently went and bought, and then also lost the stake bet over to um, to Nick. So he's priced at five hundred six thousand, only available in centre wing. Uh, Average fifty seven last year, um, and uh, uh, rose from a fifty point average in two thousand sixteen. Base stats are quite strong at twenty seven for a winger, as are his power attacking stats as well. So. Uh, the inclusion of Kronk and Tedesco this year, how do you think that uh, plays for Tupo? Do you see him taking his uh, supercoach output to another level? No, I don't think it would be any worse, that's for sure. Um, I really like Tupo in the last couple of years. It's, it's been interesting. Over the last three years, he's been a post-origin gun. He's averaged over 60 um, post-origin every year. He's been a bit of a slow starter and until last year. He averaged 59.5 pre-origin. He's rubbish over origin when the, the guns are out. But um, again, only, he got injured last year, so only had three games coming home, but he averaged 78 in those three games. Um, you touched on his base. His base improved a bit last year, particularly his base attack. He's offloads and tackle bus. And they can't with Tedesco and uh, Kronko, and it won't be a bad thing. It's just going to be really interesting to see um, how the Roosters' attack unfolds, whether they're dominant on one side or both sides of the field. At the moment, you could pretty much load up inside with uh, outside backs and edge forwards looking at the draw they have. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, we'll speak to Latrell Mitchell uh, a little bit later on, but, you know, it is going to be very interesting to see how they, they go this year. You'd expect that Roosters are one of the one of the big improvers in the competition and, and Tupo could be, uh, you know, the benefactor of that. And he's sitting with under 2% ownership at the moment. So... He is definitely a pot option. For sure. Uh, Michael Gordon, so he moves on to the Titans, mate. So he, uh, he's what, been at three or four clubs now. So he starts the season a little bit over 500,000. Uh, but I can't be interested, mate, at all. I think he's over 30 now. Uh, yeah, I just I think there's too many other options to really consider him. Yes, he's available in dual, but uh, he hasn't really done that much. Um, you know, since he left the Panthers, really. He averaged 49 in 2016 and 57 last year. So I'm happy to um, to go without him this year. What are your thoughts on Michael Gordon? Yeah, he proved in the Roosters um, slightly. Now he's going to the Titans. You, you couldn't really pick him, I don't think. No. It won't surprise me if he goes on a little run, perhaps if they come out playing or off. Yeah, you couldn't go near him. And he won't kick goals for the for the Titans? That'd be really interesting, actually. Um, I, I think he might still kick goals, which means that that'll make um, Ash Taylor totally irrelevant, which yep. will be for another podcast. But um, Gordon's still kicking pretty well, so it'll be interesting to see who kicks. They've got a fair few options at Titans. Yeah, that's definitely something to keep in mind. But I think there's a few other guys we've already said that we're very keen on, so we can't fit them all in. One one guy that uh, I, I've been an owner of before, and I think you might have been too, uh, available in the centres and under 500k is Will Chambers. So... He's coming off uh, two relatively poor seasons, um, you know, from what he produced in 2015. Uh, he's got, you know, great base stats and, and tops the list out of any player we're going to be talking uh, to today with base stats of 34 
points per game. Uh, ownership at just 2.6. Will Chambers, is he in your plans at all, mate? Or do you think that what he's produced in the last two years is you know, just pretty much what we can expect? Uh, he's firmly in my sights, to be honest. Uh, he's uh, He always fades, uh, especially through Origin. He's, he's pretty ordinary, but he fades a bit late. But um, last three seasons, four seasons in a row, he's a pre-Origin gun. He always comes out firing, and he gets a, a lot of his stats through uh, through raw-based stats. Uh, Storm have got a, a fairly friendly draw as well this year. How they go without Cooper Cronk in their attack is another question, but... Um, I'll be pretty confident he's going to be punching out around about a 60 average lead in the origin again, even if he doesn't pick up a few more attacking stats. Yeah, so he's uh, he's looking pretty good, hey, just a little bit below 500k. But uh, I mean, the, the the when you look at it, there's only you know probably what 40,000 between him and a, a, a James Roberts. Is that enough for you to to select Chambers over Roberts, or do you think you, you just go with the more expensive option? Yeah, it depends which way you're going with your centre wing, I suppose. I'm actually loading up on my centre wing this year at the moment, spending seamless Tuesday, obviously, but uh, uh, I've gone pretty expensive. But yeah, if you're you, with the Broncos, they've got a pretty decent draw too, so I, I like Jimmy the Jet as well. So you'd probably pick him over Chambers. Mm, okay. All right, so let's keep moving along. We've got a, a lot of players to get through, and, and one player that um, is uh, very popular at the moment with 31% um, percent ownership is uh, Jared Croker. So he had a horrible year last year along with the uh, uh, the Raiders. His average took a, a, went on a massive nosedive, dropping from 72 in 2016 to 55. Um, you know, if the Raiders are going to be successful this year, then... Uh, Croker is going to score a lot of points, but if they put in another year like they did last year, which you suggest could be on the cards, and um, you know where are Croker's points going to come from? Yeah, I can go near Croker. Uh, I, I don't understand the heavy ownership of him. Really, yeah, he's only really been uh, gun relevant for one year out of how many years he's been playing Supercoach. I mean, he's just scraped over 60 a couple of times. He had that one good year, not last year, the year before, where he was at a really good average. Aside from that, he's always a lot of mid-50s. He has a, he'll go on a run where he'll average like 80s for four or five weeks, and then he'll produce like a plethora of 25s and 30-sort scores. And I've got no confidence in the Raiders at all this year either. So I think he's probably priced about where he's at. So I don't really see a massive upside with him, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean the Raiders finished second in 2016 too, um, but saw him be the uh, the leading point scorer uh, in the NRL, and you know he really needs them to be strong um, for to get anywhere near that he did. So I'm kind of with you, mate. And plus with that ownership percentage of 32, I mean I'm I'm happy for people just to take that and, and me to to look at some of the other guys we've spoken about. Um, Next uh, guy, we don't have to spend too much time. Just listed him here is because um, he's got an ownership that's quite high at the moment. Of um, oh, sorry, quite low. But it, you know, if he does sit at that um, the fullback position for the bunnies, he could be quite interesting. Is uh, is Alex Johnston? So uh, he would definitely start at fullback. There's all there's the risk that he could shift to centres or to the wing when uh, when Inglis is fit and firing and able to to move back there. But a dual position player, price at four hundred and ninety k. Um, with very little interest in the market at the moment. Is he someone that you're looking at at all? No, not really. I couldn't start with him. He's one I'm watching, that's for sure. Um, His base stats are pretty ordinary, which is what turns me off him. But um, the new coach and 
see how their attack unfolds. He could um, quite well be a player that might step up this year, depending how the Bunnies go. I'm not overly confident they're going to have a great season either. Mm. So I can't start with him, but I'm definitely watching. Yeah. Okay, so Latrell Mitchell, he's uh, extremely popular at the moment, 21% ownership. His average went from 44 in 2016 to 54 in uh, 2017. So progressively, it's looking like there's an opportunity for a breakout season this year. Um, price below 500,000. Uh, are you one of the uh, the many owners at the moment, or are you, do you think that uh, you know that the 20% of uh, of all super coaches are a little bit wrong here? Currently not owning, but I have had him. I've swapped him in and out a couple of times. Definitely looking at him with. Um... I'm a little bit hesitant to look too hard in the early season draws, especially with um, all the changes that have happened to clubs. But uh, the Roosters seems to be pretty solid, and they've got a pretty solid outfit. So, and um, Mitchell, it all will depend how he comes out, uh, how his mind is. Basically, he's got the talent to be anything. So, he could well and truly have a breakout season for sure. Yeah, and uh, we've obviously just pointed out earlier as well that. That Kronk and, and Tedesco are coming to the side, which is just going to add to their firepower. So, you know, Mitchell and, and the likes of Tupo could be, um, you know, really benefit from that. But um, we won't really know until the season gets started. But, uh, you know, it does look like he's on an upward trajectory to, you know, well and truly breaking out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so another uh, one of the uh, the new additions to the Rabbitohs this season, Dane Gagai, uh, he's also striking some interest out there too, mate. He's owned by 13% of people, uh, available at both centre wing and and fullback, price below 480000 He He uh, has been part of a pretty ordinary night side in the past two seasons. And what I guess is the key thing for him is playing in the centres where his average is uh, definitely a lot a lot more favourable than when he shifts to fullback. So that's where he's going to line up for the Rabbitohs. So is he someone that you're looking at uh, at this stage? No, nah, not at all, to be honest, with all the other options floating around. Uh, I've got no confidence at all that the Rabbitohs will finish ahead of the Knights on the ladder this year. Yep. So, uh, again, he's one of those guys that um, if he was in a gun solo, he was playing for the Cowboys of the Storm, he'd probably be one of the, the best centre wings in the competition. But um, he, he just seems to sort of languish a little bit. He's a great tackle buster and all that sort of stuff. He's a good player. Um, you go through a period where he looks all right, but he sort of just punches out a lot of 30s and 40s. Yeah, no, I do agree with you um, with uh, Gay Guy. is not someone that I'm looking at. However, one of the players that I um, did own in his rookie year but haven't owned since is Ewan Aiken. He starts the season price at 470 and it's been extremely consistent. Um, started in 2016 with an average of 55, average 53 last year. Um, very good base points at 29 per game. Uh, the Dragons look like they could be um, on the rise this year and uh, the opening set of games for them does look quite favourable too with games against the Titans, Knights and the Rabbitohs. So uh, available only in the centre wing, but is um, are you looking at you and Aiken at all? He's only owned by 4% of people. Uh, he's always in my consideration early on because of his base stats. He's a, a, base, a raw base boost in the centre. Um, he's phenomenal. But it's interesting, last year he only scored um, six tries and he did that in three games. He had three doubles, and that was it. He had a couple of injury-affected games again last year, so you take that out in nine games last year without his injury-affected. He averaged 62.67. They get James Graham and Ben Hunt this year. 
Oaken could be a seriously good pod early that, on. That is juicy, mate. There's some um, some very very um, handy stats. I wasn't aware of that. And also, I guess you got ball hog of the century, Josh Dugan, leaving the side this year too, which um, should potentially maybe help um, you and Aiken with um, tries. <laughs> Certainly not going to hurt. <laughs> Dugan's rubbish from fullback, so helping his outside backs. Well, maybe we should just keep him uh, a little bit quiet there, mate, because uh, I'll be shifting him straight into my starting side after this podcast. <laughs> All right, so Josh Adokar, he's a player that I, um, after I've had a little bit of a dig around, he's someone that I'm, I'm slowly warming around uh, to, mate. Um, I was surprised to see that he only had that he he had over ten percent ownership because I thought that he'd be. Uh, well under that. So some other people are also interested in him too. Starts the season price of 460000 um, Plays in the best side in the competition. Uh, obviously, no Kronk there this year, but he, he um, you know, they performed just fine on Friday night. And with, you know, Slater um, coming to either his last year or second last year, um, I'm sure that there's the potential for more runs with, uh, you know, Slater not wanting to, to run the ball back as much, um, particularly with uh, a crook shoulder. Yeah, Josh Shadokar could be a really good early pod. Um, it's, he's a type of risk and reward type player because his base stats aren't anywhere near as good as some of the other guys we've mentioned. But um, the Storm do play a few sides early on that have historically in the last couple of years got some pretty ordinary riders defence. So... He could uh, be one of those guys that have an early field day, but the thing is, when you pick a guy like that, you you look and you'll get one, you'll get a hundred one week, and you'll get twenty the next. That's that's what you got to expect with guys like him. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, he... uh, yeah, their attack I don't think would be a problem after watching Brodie Croft and Slater the other night and Smith. So uh, I think the, the storm will still be right up there this year. Yeah, no, I do agree. So he's he's definitely a player that I'm looking at and. Or was, as I said, are you a bit surprised that he does have the ownership percentage at 12 at the moment? Like That seems, on face value, to be a bit high. Oh, for sure, it's massive compared to some of the other guys. Like, um, there must be a bit of chatter around with the Storm's early draw, I suppose. Mm. And also, I guess, with Hayne going down with a, a, uh, a shoulder on Friday, although it doesn't seem to be that serious, uh, you know... I think that um, Vuni Valo and also Josh Adekar can be will be doing a little bit more work from the back this season, but um, you know that will all, that will all come um, very soon with uh, round one not too long to go. Uh, the next player on the list we've spoken about at the top just uh, very briefly, but returned from an ACL injury midway through last year, and you know really um, didn't really didn't set the world on fire at all. Historically, he's been a super coach beast, but uh, only produced fifty. Average last year, and thus comes in at a nice little discount price this year of 450. Josh Mansour, he's in my side at the moment. Was one of the first players that I picked, but um, he's very popular with 23% ownership. But I think he's definitely undervalued this year, per so. What do you think? Yeah, he's one of those guys sort of hard to pass out of your side. I haven't got him at the moment because I've gone a bit heavy with other guys, but it's sort of the way TLT sort of forms. So I'll likely drop one of the more pricier guys I've got and throw him in. The only concern is he's going to be left centre. If Pucci's left centre, it doesn't really help him that much attacking-wise. But uh, I think the Panthers have a pretty good season this year. And uh, Mansell has sort of gone on a trend. He had a gun year, then he got injured. Then he had a gun year, then he got injured. So he's due for another gun year. Um, 50.92 average, he certainly can do a lot more than that. Um one only negative from that is um, his offloads sort of dropped a fair bit last year, whether that had anything to do with Hook 
as a coach or not, I'm not sure, but we'll find out this season, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think at the price, uh, considering what he's done in past years, can't pass up and, and he'll be in my side come round one in the hope that he can um, regain some of his glory form from 2016. Uh, Valentine Holmes made his uh, origin debut last year. Uh, he's an interesting one, mate. So he's averaged 49 and 50 in the past two seasons. I mean, he's got a ton of talent, but maybe he's just not super coach relevant. No, nah, he's a super coach bum. I've got absolutely zero interest in the love detective of Valentine Holmes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he'll improve at all this season either, even if he's kicking goals. Um, I'm still not convinced he's a fullback or anything else. So I've got no interest in him at all, even though he's a jewel. Yeah, well, I saw that um, Moylan was kicking for the Sharks in the trials, so uh, that would just about rule out uh, Valentine Holmes completely if that was the case. No, for sure. He'll be 100% irrelevant. Yeah. Well, someone who has been irrelevant for the past two seasons, but um, we know what he can do, and he is returning uh, to his, uh, you know, his, his club that he he loves so much. Jared Hain back with the Eels, priced at an extremely low value of uh, four hundred twenty thousand dual positions. Uh, he's been atrocious in the past two years, but before that, he was averaging up to close to eighty points per game. Can he get back to what he's done previously, or is he just a, a bum now forever? Yeah, I've got absolutely no confidence in Hayne either. Um, when you look at him historically, he had two absolutely outstanding seasons where he was just unbelievable NRL-wise and supercoach-wise. 2019 and 2015 or whatever it was when he won the Daily M before he disappeared to um, NFL. you got to wonder where he's at. He's always You never know what's going on in his head. Playing centre at the Eels too as well. Um, I'll watch and see what he's doing, but there's no way known I could pick him first up. No, mate, and there's already talk that he wants to go and play for Fiji in the World Cup next year as well, so um, I can't see that he's going to be overcommitted, um, not going to pick him, and I don't really like him that much either, so happy to leave him out of my side, um, over 10% ownership, and, and that'll be just fine with me. Um, got Toro and Peachy down here at 414k, um, you know, he's not relevant at all as long as he stays at the Panthers, I mean, if he does go to the Titans, then he potentially comes interesting. Yeah, 100%. Um, he was sort of relevant before uh, Hook took over, but um, playing centre last year, he was rubbish. So if he's still playing centre at the Panthers, he's rubbish. If he goes to the Titans, it could be a totally different ball game. Mm, no, I agree. agree, but let's just not spend too much time on him. We can we can wait to see what happens. I mean, he had an average of 58 in 2016, and last year was very poor at 47 um, average minutes, similar across the two seasons. Um, but... Um, Sorry, he had 74 minutes per game in 2016 and then 66 minutes in 2017. So that kind of makes up for the, the difference. So if he's at the Panthers, you, you can't really pick him, but let's just see what happens. Um, someone that I am looking at and, and do have in my side at the moment um, who you know was the second highest averaging player, I think, or the number one averaging center wing player in, in 2016 is, uh, is BJ Leilua. So he had a shocker last year. Went from 72 average down to 47. And uh, you know, but, and that's why he's only owned by six percent of people at the moment. Apparently, got sent to the fat farm halfway or during the preseason as well. Mate, coming back fit and firing. Do you think he's ready for a bounce back season, or are you going to be staying away? Nah, massive stay away. Sorry, he just had. He's one of those guys that had one massive season, and that's it. He's um, been 
super coach bum his entire career. I can't see him improving at all. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? It's they seem to go down the other edge a lot last year, and and it just depends on what they do. I mean, there's talk that Caesar could um, play uh, at hooker as well, so I'm sure that would have a bit of an impact too. And and also Austin moving into hooker as well, so um, it really kind of shakes up how the outside backs for the the Raiders will perform. Yeah, if anything, Sam Williams would be a plus for the outside backs because they were the Austin and Caesar last year were horrendous. Yeah, so, I mean, BJ, yeah, I'm toing and froing. He'll be one of my riskiest selections, but, yeah, I think I'm probably going to go with um, with someone else, but we'll just uh, we'll see. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does, you know, quite well. I think the Raiders do have an okay start to the season as well. Uh, moving along, so there's two players here, and um, one that I do want to talk about in particular, mate, is Brett Morris. So he's priced at 338000 um, he only averaged 38 points per game last year. He absolutely stunk it up. Before that, he was one of the premium center wing options that you could have. He's not dual position this year, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, oh, sorry, he is dual position this year. What do you think about Morris? Is he someone that you're potentially seeing as having a bounce back, or or do you think that uh, you know he's he's past it? No, oh, he can't go any bloody worse. That's for sure. Um, he's normally been like around a 50s average. Uh, for most of his most of his career, so it'll be very interesting to see how the dogs' back lines up this year, how it goes. But um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they get back closer to a, a fifty sort of average player mm. again. Yeah, I mean they, they've got a brand new spine this year, so uh, it'd be very interesting to see how they do go. He is a risky selection, but you know you're not really losing much considering what he's coming in price at. No, he's cheap as chips. Yeah, I mean. Comparing, considering that he is, um, you know, almost uh, um, 100k less than Tyrone Cheap of Peachy, then you know that that puts things into perspective. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's go to the Tigers, mate. Can you just let let everyone know about Chris McQueen, Chris McQueen, a new arrival this year. Um, how many minutes is he going to play? He's obviously a dual positioned. Um, second row four that's available in the centres, which we love. Um, go for it. He's a, uh, a filthy option in the. <laughs> I've looked at him a couple of times, but, but, but um, the uh, Saliola from a few years back. But um, he's going to go one or two ways, and either play Adi on the right edge, or him or Cleary will move Taylor at the right edge, and McQueen will play sort of fifty-five-ish at lock. So. Not sure which way it'll go yet, but um, potentially that right edge for the Tigers could be quite uh, interesting in attack this year, but it also depends which one. Uh, yeah, okay. So uh, is he someone that you're seriously looking at, mate, or, or probably you're not going to have too much interest in? Uh, not seriously looking at him, but he won't go away. Yeah. <laughs> he's so cheap, though, isn't he? He's, um, you know, he's Yeah, he's that's quite... the thing. You know, he's priced at 330k, so he's less than the likes of a Jordan Kahu um, and also uh, Brett Morris. So that kind of puts him into you know perspective of where he's sitting. And, and if he does lock down that starting edge roll for 80 minutes, then surely we need to look at him. Well, I'd be taking him over Jordan Kahu every day of the week, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> agreed. So he's, he's someone that just I hadn't even thought about till I started looking into that this week and and saw him, and he's only got uh, he's got five, less than five percent ownership at the moment. So if he gets named on the edge, then he'll be um, 
I'll be having a definitely a closer look. Um, someone that does have extremely high ownership at the moment, 23, is Pedahiku, who um, is at the Warriors, 280k. I think he's almost guaranteed a starting position. Where Where is he going to line up for the Warriors? Yeah, not sure where he's going to line up on the wing or the centre, but um, you'd imagine he'd be in the side somewhere there, which uh, he's very under, well, he's underpriced. He's not going to be a, a, a great player, but he could potentially make 100k there. Yeah, quite easily. So 2016, he averaged 47, and then a 47 average player this year is around about 420k. So um, that's why he's so popular. So he looks like a, a reasonably good um, cash cow for the first uh, you know couple of months of the year. Yeah, he's in that sort of same bracket as Mahi Fanua, but those sort of guys that, that potentially make a little bit of coin early on. Yeah. Just uh, what confidence you've got in, in players going to the Warriors. There sort of seems to be a bit of a progression where they go a bit worse, but Hickey's always had some pretty decent base stats, so you'd have to be confident he's going to make a bit of coin. Yeah. Okay, so just conscious of time, we wanted to smash through this in, in 40 minutes. Um, we've got one more player on the list that I just want to touch on is uh, another Tigers player. Uh, owned by 50% of all super coaches at the moment, Milne. Uh, so he, he averaged 18 last year. Why is he in so many teams? Uh, I think word might have got around about his performances at centre, I would say. Um, <laughs> he played one game last year and scored 84, and I think it was like 54 in total base in that. Uh, the previous season before that, he had um, another five games at centre. So he included that. Uh, game last year and his average is like about 66 or something ridiculous at centre from five games so he's um, an offloading tackle bus machine, he's a, another base sort of player and potentially if he's on that right edge this is the big if, it's a massive if whether um, Cleary, Pierce, uh, Milne and Noffo on that right edge could potentially uh, partner from uh, 2016 uh, also, defensively, it could be a nightmare. So I'm, I'm not convinced that he's going to beat May for Newell to that right centre. But um, if he does, he's going to be in everyone's side, and I'd probably prefer to have him in the back row. That's yeah. one of my that's probably my fifth or sixth back rower. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised when I had a look at his 2016 um, average. Uh, I think he averaged 54 in seven games. So um, didn't didn't expect that to be that high. So. He's, he's certainly very um, popular, that's for sure, but we'll just see what happens on Teamless Tuesday. Yeah. As six you games say. at centre, six, six 80 minute games at centre, including last year, he had a 68.17, so it's, um, <laughs> it's worth grabbing at 192k. Yeah. All right, mate, let's, um, let's just take a quick break now and um, hear from word from our sponsors, and then we'll come straight back into it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, so it's fullback time, Perso. Um the most expensive player that we're going to talk about today, uh, 
Tommy Trevojevic. So he had a huge breakout season last year, pushing his average from 65 to 76. Starts the season at 677,000. Huge amount of money. Um, base average of 30 points per game last year. So, you know, I can't see, I know it's a big call, but I can't see him falling too much below 70 points per game this season. No, not like an eye. That's just that price tag to start the season. Uh, he's, he'll be an absolute weapon again this season. He was last year. He did start round one last year with a 34. I'm um, hoping he's going to do that again. <laughs> and he might have a little bit of a slow start because I just can't fit him in. I'm, I'm going to Desco and Ponga as my two fullbacks. That's, that's the one biggest problem this year is all these gun fullbacks are no longer dual positions. Otherwise, you just pick Turbo in your centre as a um, as you gun there. But uh, 76 average last year, 73 pre-origin, 59 pre-origin, 88.88 post-origin. He went absolutely berserk. Uh, I don't see any reason why he won't do it again. Um, he's an absolute gun. Yeah, and there's talk as well that he could play a little bit in the halves this year, which, you know, who knows what that's going to do. It, it should only improve what, um, you know, his assists and, and the like. So, um, yeah, he's. I'm tr- trying to do everything I can to fit him and then James Tedesco in my... Uh, as my dual fullbacks, but uh, you know it is coming as a cost to the rest of my side. Uh, Tedesco, let's just skip Billy Slater and talk about Tedesco. He's he shifted to the Roosters, priced at six hundred thousand, and the guy is just an absolute jet and so consistent. Seventy points per game in two thousand sixteen and sixty eight points per game in two thousand seventeen. Um, moving to a much better club, uh, and you know he's got Cronk. Uh, and Kiri to just to feed him the ball. I'm expecting that that I reckon he could be the highest averaging fullback at the end of the season. Oh, he could well be the highest averaging player at the end of the season. He's uh, he did that pretty much in base last year. But really, he scored five tries and had eight tries, <laughs> and still managed a 67.5 average. If he's not averaging mid 70s, uh, I'll not really sit near. He was um, mm-hmm. as close to a must have as there is, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So we don't need to talk about it too much more. Billy Slater, uh, 606,000, um, average of 68 last year. Really kind of pulled that out of nowhere. He hasn't historically been a, a super coach star, and he also came back from a serious uh, injury as well. He's, um, yeah, he's someone that I'm not interested in. I think he's uh, obviously, particularly when you've got Travojevic and Tedesco at the um, that level of, um, you know, over 600,000 as well. I just can't possibly fit in, into my side this year. No, I'm happy to um, to risk Billy, especially after the uh, the shoulder sort of touch again in the trial. So I'll not go. When you only got two positions of fullback and no one's jewels, I, I can't. There's only three guys for me really at fullback: is Tedesco, Ponger, and um, Turbo. Really, agree. So we'd have to spend too much time on the next set of guys then. So Roger Tuivasa-Shek, I'm a no. Um, he, uh, you know, he whilst he did average sixty last year, he probably didn't reach the heights of what we had expected. Um, yeah, he's someone that I haven't looked at too much uh, and he's also um, signalling that this could be his last year in the NRL as well. Is it someone that you're looking at or are you just completely bypassing RTS? Nah, completely bypassing. You have to go back to 2015 to see when he was relevant. Now he's like 77 or something like that and a lot of his base was a lot higher and that was at the Roosters and if yeah. anything, that probably helps to this guy <laughs> more than anything with uh, the way Robbo plays his back. So, yeah, he's a no. Yeah, agreed. 
Um, so let's look at Will Hopawade now. So he had a quite a good year last year, increasing his average from 51 to 59, but looks destined to um, shift to the centres this season with uh, Mbai taking over uh, at fullback. So he's a big no from me due to that. What about you? Yeah, big no and a big watch. Um, he's got great base stats, Hopper. Uh, it's, it, I just got no idea how the Bulldogs are going to turn out. They'll either be woeful or they could be really good on the pay. So it's a massive question mark, and I'm pretty much not going near any of them. Yeah. So a guy that really stood out for the Dragons um, yesterday in the trial, Matthew Dufty, he's unfortunately priced at 490k. He's played those few games last season. Um, yeah, he, he's a really interesting one, isn't he? He's... he's Ownership of just one point nine percent. It's a huge risk to to pick him, given that he's um, really just coming into his first NRL season. But um, you know, is he something that you're looking at from a pod perspective, or do you just think you just uh, you just don't know enough about him at the moment? Oh, it will not surprise me at all if he um, has a, a, a mid sixties average this season. Uh, it depends where you think the Dragons are going to sit. I think the Dragons will be big improvers this year, so. It won't surprise me at all if he's a good early season pod, but I just I can't go past him when with the guys we already mentioned. Yeah, no, I agree. It is a really difficult position this year, fullback, because there are just nowhere near as many jewels. So you kind of, I think your strategy is an extremely valid one. Like you, you go for somebody like a Ponga with the um, um, the the thought of upgrading to a Tommy Trevojevic or a Tedesco later on, or or you could start with the Dufty and and go. Well, I believe that Wallace he's probably not going to be. In the top two, um, you know, he could get that 65 average and then, you know, be an easy launching pads into those one of the, the absolute elites. So how about we just yeah, jump straight sure. into um, Calum Ponga now, mate, and I'll let you rip because obviously you're pretty keen about what um, this prestigious talent could offer. Oh, he's just a super talent. <laughs> Even though I get, um, having Mitchell Pierce move to the Knights, only improve him, he looks like he's going to be kicking goals, so... If uh, before they signed Pierce, I wasn't as set on him, but um, I think he's he's just an absolute gun. He just finds a way to score points. You look at the games he played last year, and when JT wasn't there, he just then he just uh, fills out the stat sheet. So super coach wise, he'll make money. That's the that's the biggest thing. He's not going to go any worse. So um, it sort of frees up when you're looking at the Teddy Turbo combo. It sort of frees up 200k nearly. So. You can use it elsewhere. That's that's the sort of angle I'm going at, and I think the Knights will go reasonably well this year. Yeah, I guess that's the big thing, isn't it? Um, it has been a bit of a no-no picking an outside back from the Knights over the past couple of years. So um, we look like we've got a good one now, and they've obviously done a lot of recruiting, so there is um, some genuine um, belief that they can improve this year. Yeah, I'm not not convinced they'll make the top eight. I think their depth might still be stretched in in uh, the spine, but um, on, they're definitely going to improve. They won't finish bottom four this year, so they'll uh, they'll be in most games. Yeah, and I know we're speaking about the Raiders a fair bit, but the last guy that we're going to talk about today is Jack White, and so um, he's been pretty consistent the last couple of years with a 54 and a 53 average, but um, nothing really that I can see that. It suggests that he's going to break out this season, um, particularly, you know, with the ability of only picking two fullbacks, and and he's not dual positioned. Um, he's someone that I'm not looking at at all. What about you? Uh, I've convinced myself not to look at him. I sort of look at the start last year. It's more the fact that I don't think the Raiders are going to improve. If you look at the draw, and you think the Raiders are going to improve on last year, then he's a guy that you should really consider. He, he averaged nearly seventy over the first six weeks last year. He went berserk. Then he 
punched out like three or four weeks in a row of under 30. So he's that kind of player. He's not going to, I don't think he'll have a breakout season and average 60. He'll still be around that 50 mark again, but he could just be uh, one of those risk and reward sneaky sort of pods you might pick up early and then you could move him on and you potentially um, pick up a turbo or something if they have a, a quiet couple of games. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you, I know I hear what you're saying about how he started last year, but considering he's priced $50,000 more than Ponga, um, I mean, I personally couldn't couldn't do it. No. <laughs> it's a massive, massive risk, but he'd be like 0.5% ownership or something. It'd be a huge bod move if it worked for you, but... Um, when, yeah, exactly as you said. When you look at Ponga, and you know, it's it's more of a risk not to pick Ponga than it is to pick uh, Whiten. Yeah, and I mean, even Dufty, like Dufty's got ownership of under two percent, uh, and he's twenty thousand more. But it seems ridiculous. But I can see a lot more upside in Dufty this season than um, than Whiten, even though Whiten is the the more seasoned campaigner. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, and so just um, let's. I think it's quite interesting what you're saying with really because I think the big question is: Do you start with two guns in fullback, and then obviously you have to take some shortcuts elsewhere, or do you do what you're you know planning to do and, and start with one gun and and um, and then look to upgrade later on? I mean, um, Tedesco, I think you just kind of need to pick on the basis that he is owned by forty percent. So if you get that one wrong, you really get it wrong. Whereas um, Travojevic is only owned by 17% at the moment. So that's potentially the one that you can, uh, you know, wait and hope that his price decreases a bit. No, exactly. Um, I've always been a fan of two-gun fullbacks. It, it works well. And Teddy and Turbo, I've got no doubt, will be the best two fullbacks again this season. Um, we're looking further ahead. They're both likely going to play Origin as well. So that you're going to use more trades having those two guys. And it just chews up so much of your um, your salary cap. I just I think going Ponga, who I'm pretty confident is going to make some good money and probably hover around a 55 to 60 average, which you'd probably take as a second fullback to Teddy, who I think will get back in his 70s. I'm happy enough, I think, to risk Turbo, but <laughs> he could come out and average 80 over the first five weeks. It's that sort of risk, but um, that's sort of where you're at. Yeah, I mean, what we have an outline as well is that Ponga is coming in at a discount too. So his average would normally be around about a four hundred and sixty. So he's getting that thirty thousand um, dollar decrease or discount this year, which does um, certainly make him more attractive as well. Yeah, and kicking goals as well. Apparently, is, is the way. Unless uh, Lamb makes a starting side over Watson, which is a big um, a big watch on TLT. Obviously, if if Lamb was to be named at six, then Ponga probably loses slightly a bit of a pool, but. Um, I'm pretty confident he'll have a pretty good season. Yeah, I guess the other thing there, mate, that we haven't spoken about but we'll get to in our halves podcast is um, Connor Watson. So he's he's available at fullback too. So that's another op- another cheap option that you can run with if you, you're looking um, at that, uh, you know, one-gun strategy. Yeah, he's going to be hard to lose out if he's named in the starting side too. He's another one that's just an absolute footballer. He's a good player. Mm. And uh, when he gets the opportunity, it's already... Shane, it's in Supercoach, it's relevant as well. So, but that'll be one for another podcast. It will. And speaking about another podcast, mate, that's us done today. Um, thank you very much for joining um, once again, and, and thank you all for for downloading and listening. So, um, just a bit of housekeeping: we'll be putting out some more articles this week on some team previews and a few other cool things as well. And then we're ramping right up for the start of the season as well. And then uh, hopefully we'll have another podcast next weekend where we'll jump into. 
um, the halves. Uh, and then we also need to look at hookers as well, but halves will be the big talking point um, next weekend. And also we'll have another round, full round of trials to start to, you know, to have a pretty good idea about um, uh, the round one sides. But, mate, I've got to get going. Um, is there anything that you want to, to bring up before we uh, say goodbye? No, I'm pretty sure um, we we covered a fair bit there. Um, <laughs> probably more than we were going to in the 40 minute show, which is going to blow out, but um, it's all good. Yeah, all good, mate. It always seems to happen, doesn't it? Anyway, on that note, let's say goodbye and uh, until next week, mate. Um, I hope you have a lovely time. No worries. Talk to you next week. Yeah.